The Money Show. Personal Finance with Warren Ingram. Welcome to The Money Show this evening and the personal finance brought to you by Toyota Financial Services. Toyota Financial Services is an authorized FSP and registered credit provider. T's and C's apply. Uh, before we get into the meat and potatoes this evening, uh, we uh, ask for questions and people email them through and I get questions through and people WhatsApp the questions. Santosh has got a good one on gold and the, the reason why people put gold in portfolios, making the point that gold is seen as a crisis hedge, but it's remained largely flat through COVID, American inflation, Russia-Ukraine war, when you would have actually expected in a time of crisis an exponential increase in the gold price. So there's a quick calculation of the annualized growth in gold since 2002, so this is 20 years, is just under 10%, which is only a little bit higher than inflation, definitely higher than if one invested in US dollars in the S&P 500. Um, but the question is, this is very confusing, between the volatile rand, local corruption, US dollar or gold, where does one invest? Because gold has not outperformed, it's not behaved in the way that a textbook gold bull will tell you. He says, should gold still be included as a portion to allocate investment funds, or do we leave it as a payment mechanism which governments use to trade? by moving gold bars between vaults at Fort Knox? I think it's a good question for us this evening, uh, Warren Ingram. Fabulous question, and I think a lot of people are asking themselves that, you know, a version of this is, you know, we, we've seen this, uh, you know, this hedge against uncertainty and, and often a hedge against inflation. Uh, and, and now we've got uh, major uncertainty, major inflation, and and then this, you know, you know the kind of, uh, um, cure for all evil and it's not doing anything. Uh, but, I, but I do think it's important to understand context. You know, I think a lot of people have been buying gold for quite some time, you know, pretty much, let's say from about 2010 onwards, because they were really worried about inflation after the financial crisis when central banks started to support markets through, through very low interest rates and, a lot of, uh, you know, serious commentators were saying that that's going to be very inflationary. Uh, they, they've only been proved right now, you know, a, a kind of a decade or 12 years later. But, but I think a lot of people have been buying gold for quite some time already. So it's, it's a very unusual 10, 20 year period, uh, to, to be looking at and not suggesting that, uh, you know, Santosh chose that period specifically. I think 20 years is a reasonable time to look at, uh, an asset's performance. But, but I think there is a huge context to, to gold and, and it's been r- rather high for quite some time. Uh, I mean, when I grew up in the gold markets, you know, you, know, you, you would look at gold at, you know, at 800 and, and now on his graph, it's, it's, you know, 1,700. So, uh, you know, you know, it, it's all about timeframes in, in gold. The, the short answer to the long question though is I'd probably, uh, I would probably avoid gold for, uh, as a suggestion for most investors because it doesn't generate interest. It doesn't generate dividends, doesn't generate rent. So while you hold it, 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 it kind of just sits in a vault somewhere or, you know, as a line item on a, on a, on a screen for you, um, and does nothing until, until such time as people start to feel it, it adds value again. And then it usually shoots up in a very short space of time and, you know, everyone gets excited and then you need to be really quick to sell it. Alternatively, you hold it and it collapses in price and, and, and then you end up being forced to hold it for a very long period of time until the world gets fearful again. Uh, so, so for me, it doesn't really play a great role for, for most of us, uh, you know, investors. 
where it can play a role is more around, uh, I think, very wealthy people, you know, and, and I'm talking about, you know, people with wealth that goes to sort of two, three generations. And you'll find a lot of those families might end up holding five or maybe at a, at a huge amount, you know, 10% in physical commodities like gold and silver and platinum and the like. And, and that's really there as, as a, the ultimate insurance policy against you know, the, the collapse of the financial system, you know, something much bigger than what, what we've been through now. And that's so, and so where, I think, where, in, sorry, where, where people get hooked up on this thing and get excited is because they, I'm not going to buy Bitcoin because that's cryptocurrency. I'm not going to do that, but I'm going to hold gold because then I'll be able to buy food when everyone else is marauding in the streets. And it's okay. So, well, once we get to that sort of level of dysfunction in society, things are going to go pay ship really quite quickly <laughs> and you're gonna to have to have an awful lot of gold um to to have a viable survival option um i suspect i think it's exactly right and i think you know there might be times you know for example where where an entire you know society collapses i mean you know we we can see that you know if you look at zim uh you know when farms started being taken you know families that had access to gold coins that they could move uh you know that they might be very grateful for for a decision like that but but it's extremely rare cases where that's going to apply uh, and and you know my sense of something like that is you know if if that's starting to happen you know, to physically move the kind of uh, gold around is going to be very difficult. So, so I, I think Bruce, it, you know, it's one of those things. There, there are people that are absolutely passionate about gold, and and you know, every decade or two, they they get proved right, and they you know they they crow about their success for, for the rest of the time. You know, if you want if you want to hedge against uncertainty and and volatility and all of those things, the, the, you know, the, the, then kind of sticking to a, a, a proper diversification strategy where you own a range of assets. You know, wh- wh- whether it be cash, you know, uh, property companies, normal companies, government bonds, uh, you know, local, global, and and really spread them as far and as wide as you can. That, that's inevitably going to be a good strategy for you over a long period of time. It doesn't mean that. All of those things won't won't go down over over a short period of time. I think the first six months of this year, you know, a lot of people started to question the value of diversification. But but you know, over the last five months, they they see the benefit again. So so to me, Santosh, I, I would go for lots of diversification if you want to hedge yourself against uh, you know big uncertainty. But but gold, uh, I'm I'm not convinced. I I, I I certainly wouldn't be buying it and, and and stocking my my Christmas stocking for myself or my wife with gold. Uh, if you do have someone you do need to stock a, a Christmas stocking, uh, I'll volunteer. Honestly, um, it's fine. I'll take it. I mean, it, it's not something I would choose and pay for, but if you're giving, if you're giving it away, um, I wouldn't want you to have any financial regrets. I want you to feel like you've done some good in this world, Warren. Um, let's talk about those, finan- <laughs> those financial regrets because that's a nice segue. Um, and I, I think we all sort of look could have should have would have we we should have done this we should have started sooner we should have bought different stuff we should be more courageous we should have been less frightened of the future we should have and and we we kind of then almost talk ourselves into a stupor of stupidity um as a result of our failure to do things or the choices we made how do we get over this sort of stuff what's the context of your thinking around this I think the context is 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 looking at this massive blow up in in, in the U.S. of of a collection of companies, you know, b- broadly under this the, the the FTX kind of name, 
Uh, and you know, you know, it's it's a very complicated structure. There are, I, I mean, I think at last count, something like 180 companies involved in the in the structure. But but essentially, let's just say a crypto exchange to to try and really d- dumb it down for people like we, me we, to understand. We we have been in uh, the last in the last half hour. Um, Simon Dingle has been telling us all about it. So I think you know, a couple of people may have joined us since then. Um, but but you can whiz over this fairly quickly, I think, Warren. Just in terms of we've got the context and the yeah. understanding of the basics of the fraud that is manifested and uh, playing itself out. So, so what we see, you know, and, and maybe for me, the context then is, is looking at, you know, people at the age of 25, 30, 35, you know, suddenly going from zero to, to, a, you know, wealth of 25, 30 billion dollars. Uh, and, and we see these sort of new titans of the world, you know, strutting their stuff on, on the global stage, you know, being invited to very big conferences where, where they're, you know, uh, you know, talking about the future of finance and sponsoring sports stadiums, et cetera. And and we sit in our in our day to day lives looking at at these people and maybe looking at our neighbours who who might have you know followed them you know followed these titans and and we we realise we know for a fact that we're smarter than our neighbours but our neighbours are telling us that they're suddenly worth multiples of millions more than they were six months ago and and we sit with this massive regret of you know why didn't we jump on the bandwagon you know if fred next door is so, is is not that bright and I know that for a fact and I, I feel like I'm a little bit brighter than fred. Why did I miss out? You know, why am I still missing out? Why am I not jumping on the bandwagon? And and that that sort of psychology forms a momentum of its own, and it, and it certainly struck South Africa. It struck globally, uh, and and you know the the, the reality is pe- people start climbing onto this investment bandwagon. This time around, it happens to be the the crypto space, but but next time around, who knows? Uh, and and we've seen lots of these kinds of things happening over you know almost repeated cycles. Almost every seven to ten years, we we see this happening. Uh, and and we sit there kind of getting dragged along, uh, and some of us will then jump on that bandwagon, usually at a point where where that uh, you know you know that that cycle is about to peak and burst, uh, and, and then we get caught. You know, and, and I see the international um, you know the Bank for International Settlements, which is kind of the Reserve Bank of Reserve Banks, doing a study saying that they believe eighty percent of investors in Bitcoin have lost money, eighty percent. And, and that tells me that people have jumped on a bandwagon and then that bandwagon's gone over a cliff. And, and, and the reality is this cycle keeps repeating itself. And, and at some point, we kind of have to say to ourselves, you know, you know, perhaps I don't understand what's going on. And that's actually okay. You know, it's okay that I don't understand crypto, the crypto space as well as Simon Dingle. He's a really bright man. He's a specialist in his field. And that's great. If I don't understand it, I don't need to invest in it, you know. No, and no, I follow uh, completely, completely. And I think you're absolutely right. I want to come back to you in just a moment, but because when we see these trends developing, and we start seeing people you know, suddenly, uh, Fred, and I hope, I really hope you don't have a neighbour called Fred, because if you do, he's going to be knocking on the door saying, "You said I'm what?" Um, and um, <laughs> and when you and we, you you look at everybody else and the sense of FOMO, so you start feeling stupid. And rather than trusting your gut, trusting your instinct, trusting your knowledge, you start acting counter to your normal sensibilities. Because maybe this time it is different. I don't want to miss out. I don't want to be uh, the kippy who is sitting 20 years from now. My kids are saying to me, so why didn't you? Why didn't you invest like everybody else did? Look how rich they got. And you stayed in the old-fashioned world. And look, you're an idiot. And um, there's a real fear of that sort of thing. So let's pick up on that 
theme in just a moment. Warren Ingram at Galileo Capital is an executive director. He's a personal financial advisor. He's going to extrapolate a little on those themes for you in a moment. The Money Show. Personal finance with Warren Ingram. The world of investments is littered with all kinds of things. And one of the most self-destructive and dangerous things in the world of investing is the fear of FOMO. That idea that somebody else is smarter than you, somebody else is getting something you're not. And if you're not going to get it, well, you're going to regret it for the rest of your life. And so off you go and you follow the crowd. You start doing what everybody else is doing. And for a while, you may feel like something of a genius. For a while, you may even look slightly clever. Uh, but the trouble is, uh, Warren, these things are massively volatile there's a huge amount of uncertainty and unless you start to really begin to study and understand and absorb and uh, live your investments um, you do run the risk of going from uh, FOMO to I wish I'd never bothered and um, there's a, a real risk there of regret coming later on Exactly right. And I think, you know, just just being confident enough to say, look, I don't know, I don't understand. Either I'm going to go and do the homework and, 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 and be, become more of an expert in this, or I'm going to I'm going to miss this right, you know, and it's very, very hard to, to regret uh, a missed profit versus real losses, you know, and, and I think that's the key. And this is understanding if something goes up, you know, 80% in a year, and it does it for two or three years. I mean, that I understand that that's hugely attractive. You know, the 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 sense of missing out is is really compelling. But if it goes up that quickly, it certainly can go down uh, as quickly, if not more. And and that's what we're watching now. We're watching an implosion of of something which is you know potentially was valued at fifty billion dollars going down to nine hundred million dollars, and and who knows you know if that's the bottom. Th- those are huge numbers. And and I think to understand. You know, if something's going up that fast, it might well be a fiction. And actually, everyone jumping on the bandwagon out of the, every 100 people, maybe one actually understood what was going on. The other 99 were too embarrassed, too ignorant, too greedy to say, gee, I actually don't really know what's going on. I'm just following. And that's the point. You cannot be a lemming, uh, you know, r- running off the cliff here. You've got to say to yourself, it's my money. I protect it. I'm, I'm not going to be the lemming. Okay, good point. Thank you, Warren, on that one. A uh, uh, little uh, email from Maria this evening saying, I have an offshore p- uh, portfolio that I manage. I'm interested in the market and world of investments. How can I be certain that the ETFs I buy are a tax-friendly, are in a tax-friendly jurisdiction so that I don't have to worry about this nasty thing, um, my words, of double taxation? Yeah, it's a great question, and I think it's catching a lot of people out. So, so just understand, you know, investments that are listed in a place like the US or or in uh, in the UK and many other jurisdictions that they might end up uh, charging you with dividends withholdings tax or uh, death duties, uh, you know, when you die. So, so you know, it could just kind of catch you blindsided. So, so the thing to look for there. In the world of exchange traded funds, is look, look for funds that are are listed in a place like Ireland, for example. So, so your first uh, key key there is next to their name. You, you, you know, if you're searching for these, type in UCITS. It's it's a, a categorization of funds, uh, and that tells you that that it's already in the in the European zone. And and then what you want to do is look for ones that are specifically listed, as I say, in a place like Ireland, because Ireland they're not going to tax a non-resident uh, on, on any kind of t- uh, taxes when they invest there. 
and, and Ireland seems to be the place where a lot of big ETF providers are, are listing their, their global funds for, for investors and, and making it as easy as possible for global investors to grow their money without being, being caught in double taxation. And the important point there, Maria, is you're right. It's double taxation. So you're still going to pay tax in South Africa. It's not like you're avoiding taxes illegally. You're just avoiding having to pay twice, which is you know, no obligation that anyone has to fulfill. Uh, yeah, thank you, Warren, for that. I think that's incredibly uh, valuable as always. Warren Ingram uh, from Galileo Capital on The Money Show this evening with your questions on personal finance. Keep them coming through. You can either email them directly to me or if you think of something smart, wise and insightful uh, during the show, just drop us a WhatsApp. Don't do it afterwards if you don't mind. Rather wait for the next day uh, to make sure that our team gets hold of your questions so that we can put your questions to Warren, who's more than happy um, to, to give you a view and if he doesn't know the answer immediately certainly very happy to go off and do the research and do the thinking and doing the hard yards on it to make sure that you make better investment decisions that's what we're here to help you with